0: Good morning, all. So here we are, Sunday morning, in the bucolic splendor of Compton, Kansas. We've been so busy lately, uh, uh, we haven't really uh, sat down and done our regular Saturday Bible study with the kids in probably three or four weeks. And uh, I just realized I kind of missed that because it's like pushing a button. It's like, I just say, Here we are. And then all my kids are like, Saturday morning, the Bucolic Spender of Ottawa, Kansas. five nineteen South Locust. I mean, they like go through the whole address. We thought we would use, you know, multitask. You know, use this as something to like, so teach them our address, our phone numbers, our email addresses and all that kind of thing. So they've got like this whole spiel. So if you ask the kids my phone number, they can give it to you. Um, My address. But... uh, Anyway, Jesus, we thank you for uh, for the day, for this place together. Uh, we just we praise you, God, you know, for how you are caring for us and and bringing us through. Uh, God, we as we go down this road with you, God, it's uh, amazing to look back and see how far we've come, Lord, and to to see the things that you've done in our lives, God, the the testimonies and the. Uh, the proof of your love that you have uh, abundantly poured out on us. God, we just pray that this morning you would uh, uh, touch every heart in this place. Uh, God, to hear your words. Uh, Lord, to receive your word, God, that they would be planted in us. And that they would uh, grow and prosper and bear fruit. God, we pray it in the name of Jesus. In your holy name. Amen and amen. Uh, go through to Matthew 6. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mhm. Somebody's car alarm is going off out there. Mm, let's see. Where it goes. So, um, this uh. It was, uh in Matthew six, I'm going to start in uh, in 24. You know, it's, it's a really great uh, passage, as by definition all passages of the Bible are. But um, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of times where we read a scripture and it reminds us of of a time in our life where where God was talking to us with it, or or maybe the first time He really you know, breathed on it, and it, uh, uh, for us. And this passage always makes me think of this time, uh, when Cynthia and I were, uh, first married, and, uh, I was making a cool question mark per hour, and, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, you know, we, we were living in a trailer, so, you know, living was cheap, but, uh, um, you know, obviously, I, I had a—I uh, painted for a living, and it was getting on towards winter, and uh, you know things were going okay at the time. Well, and uh, and God just really um, touched this passage for me, and and I was really excited about it, but with it, I also understood that He was telling me, "So you're going to need this." passage this winter, and so I did. But the great thing is, is God really took care of us. You know, uh, Mike was still single at the time. He was living with us. We pooled our resources, and you know how ramen noodles come in those boxes of 12? Well, if you go to, like, Aldi, you can buy, like, 12 of those boxes all shrink-wrapped together. So, you can do the math, 144 bricks of ramen noodles. It's like, you know, four square. So we bought one of those. We kept it under the kitchen table because that's how much room we had in our kitchen. And you know, it, 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 it's honestly a lot like Ron's bag of beans and rice story, you know. It's like, uh, it's like you know, we're counting our bricks of ramen. I don't know. But, you know, God took care of us, and that's what he does. Um, And that's not really the focus of what um, I want to talk about today uh, as regards to the scripture, but um, it's precious how God talks to us with his word and he makes it mean something to us, Um, you know, because that's like, that's the thing about a song, you know, a song can be really great, you know, and a song can really mean something to you and, you know, somebody else could listen to that song who's not had the same kind of experiences, hasn't been impacted by that song the same way, and they just, eh, it's okay, you know. And and then you're dumbfounded, like, are you stupid or, or do you just have bad taste in music, you know. It's like, no, it just, you know, the song didn't minister to me the same way because I had to, I'm not in the same place you were when that happened and so on and so forth. Um... Uh, but, you know, in, in my Bible, the, the heading of this passage is put God's kingdom first, which I think is, you know, I always kind of look at this passage as God will take care of you and God will get you through. And and certainly that's a proper application of this passage. But I think uh, this, uh, the, that heading, put God's kingdom first, really talks more about what he's really saying here. So in verse 24, he says, no man can serve two masters. Which is, of course, why we don't have polygamy in the United States. You know, you know, Gravenhill said that no man can serve, you know, two masters. That's why you don't have more than one wife. But um, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and Mammon, you know, riches. You know, the 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 material things of this life. You know, and it's funny because when I when I first got born again, I was a teenager and so you know, I didn't really have a big a good a real great grasp of um how life works. You know, you don't when you're a teenager, you think you do. <laughs> it's like, oh I've got this figured out you know? and uh and so to me the idea of trusting and money was like yeah, whatever. You know, like who, what dummy would do that? Then it became an adult, and then I I kind of saw how this tool works and how sometimes it makes things easier, <laughs> and uh, and I began to see oh, that's why he said that because it really is tempting to rest in this money thing, and uh, you know uh, you know God gave me this career in a field that is. Fairly unstable, kind of fluctuates a bit, and and uh, he always, you know, I mean, he took me through times where things were really lean, took me through times where things were really blessed, and everywhere in between. But he never let me down, you know, and and so that's a blessing. But I I, I came to see that wow, that the older I get, it seems like the harder that pull is. I think the more And I think this is partly maybe what happened to Israel. It's like you know they they came into the Promised Land with nothing, you know, other than the stuff that they brought out from Egypt. I know God poured out stuff on them in Egypt, but I mean, you know, they they really prospered in the Promised Land. And I think the more God gives you those blessings, the easier it is to get hung up on them, and uh, and begin to trust them, or just think that my sense of well-being is kind of tied up in having these things. Um, so he says, Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body or what you shall put on, for is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Again, I was 16. I'm sitting in here like, Yeah! It's like, I'm not, not going to worry about any of this stuff. I, I got this. You know, and it's like, you know, God's going to take care of everything. You know, I, it's like... Like I could sit in the driver or in the passenger seat, and God will drive my car. He's, this is all going to work out just fine. You know, That was kind of the the excitement that I had about it. And then as I got older, I thought. Now I read it. I think, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or drink, or you know. And and your your flesh kind of wants to get anxious about that. But uh, um, but you know, of course, He takes care of you. He says, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and are you not much better than they? You yeah, I like that. It's like He takes care of the birds, takes care of the animals, and uh, you know, and He talks about that, you know, on and off throughout the Old Testament, how He how He takes care of the, the young lions and all that stuff, and uh, you know, and to me that's really precious because me animals are utterly worthless and so it's like if he takes care of the animals then how much more is he going to take care of me i i have found myself in this place with with our pets you know a a wise woman i knew once said that you know the best thing i could think to describe my feelings towards our the kids pets is malice and i thought what a great word well, I was I was kind of disappointed this morning when the cat got out of the way when I was backing out of the driveway. But needless to say, no. I know I've been accused of having no soul, but and and uh, yeah, I mean I'm just trying to be funny. If you love animals, I'm not picking on you. But um, but he takes care of the animals. The animals have no soul. The the animals are simply going to, they just they cease to be, and and yet he takes care of them, and so I find myself also constantly thinking of. The righteous man regards the life of his beast. I can hear the cat meowing outside. He's a black cat. It's dark out there. I can pretend I don't see him. <sighs> okay, let him in. Have some, you know, whatever. So, um, so he says in verse 27, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? Can't make yourself any taller. Can't make yourself any bigger, any better. uh Just because you put your mind to it. You know, it's like we grow up thinking, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. You know, and, and, uh, it's like a Care Bears episode or something. Um, there's a lot to be said for determination and, and grit because you really can do a lot with that and it's, and it's important. Um, but, uh, but what he's talking about here is, you know, you, you need me. So, so don't fret so much about these things. Because he says, Why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So that's great. It's like, you know, I I took care of him, you know, and, I mean, flowers are, can really be a pretty glorious thing. I mean, they can be really pretty. A well-arranged garden that's well cared for. is really impressive. And he says that, you know, I I took care of Solomon, and uh, and he's not, and and yet, you know, in all of the glory, of this this most this greatest king uh, that Israel had, uh, as far as prosperity is concerned, that that he wasn't as arrayed like the lilies. So he says, "Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith?" So God places this value uh on these disposable things because He made them. And and so and He uses them to demonstrate His conscientiousness and His care for us, which is a really precious thing. So He says, Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. And that's a precious thing, because you know, it's like, well, you have not because you ask God, you know, blah blah blah. You know, if I don't ask, you know, or you know, what if what if God doesn't know that that I I, I need a new Mustang? You know, I mean, He's not going to know if I don't tell Him, right? You know. Uh, you know, the great thing is 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 He knows the things that you have need of, and and that's what His that agape love that the bible always ascribes to him is about he knows what you need and you know he knows the things that you don't need and uh the, but the great thing about it is 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 he does know the things that you want and they and it's important to him it really does matter to him the things that you want and uh um you know <laughs> Jeremy's birthday is 2 months away and Yesterday, uh, he gave me this very official-looking checklist-style birthday list. I mean, there's a little box next to every item, so I can check it off as I go, make sure that I didn't miss anything. You know, it's like alphabetized, you know. It's like atom bomb through grenade launcher, you know, volume one, you know. And, I mean, he put some effort into this thing, you know. And... uh you know, I you know, I, I can guarantee he's not going to get everything on that list. Uh at least not from me. But um I'll be passing it around. Uh you can you know, slip me your fax number later. Uh, but um you know, yeah, it matters to me that he wants those things. I care that he wants those things and I hope that he gets most of those things. Maybe not all of them, but um you know, but, but it matters to me, and uh, and, uh, and I think it's precious. It reminds me of the story of Ben when he was little, putting the stuff in the cart and just looking at Ron like, "Thank you, Dad." <laughs> like in sales, they call that uh, the assumptive close. It's like I'm just assuming that you're going to say yes. I'm going to, I'm going to start this out with the assumption that you're going to say yes, and then when you say no, I'm going to be surprised, like what? I thought we had something going here. So, uh, so, but so, so God knows the things that you need, and uh, and and He likes to have us remind Him probably more than we like to have people remind us that they need something. Um, but He He is this limitless supply that ha- that knows the things that we need, and He's and He's able to do those things for us, and He knows what we have need of. And so when we you know when we're wrestling over something, and and we just wish that you know God would come through for us because we know He's going to, but the question is when. You know He He reminds us He's like I, I know what you need. And and I know what you want, and and I can handle those things. But I like what He says here in thirty three. He says seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. And everybody knows that you. would Nobody even needed to look down to follow along with that. Everyone knows that verse. But it's a precious thing. Because he talks about all these things that we need, these things that we want, and, and he talks about prioritizing them in this sense of putting God's kingdom first. So he says, take no, Therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I like that. It's like, you know, Um, I saw this uh, great little plaque in somebody's house when I was growing up. And it said that um, um, worry is the interest you pay on trouble borrowed from tomorrow. And I thought, well, that's really great. Because you can give yourself an ulcer worrying about tomorrow, worrying about next week, but there's nothing you can do about it until it shows up. I mean, sometimes there are things that, you know, you do today that are going to show up later, but you know what I mean. I mean, there's, there's no sense in sitting around chewing your nails about things that you can't change. And, uh, and, but the great thing is is we have this God who knows how to change things and, and to give us peace as we wait for them. Uh, so, so go with me to, to uh, Haggai chapter 1. So he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things should be added to you. I like that, you know because there's a sense of you know prioritization that that happens in our life, and you know we uh, we go through we all come from a different sort of background, different kind of life I mean, to some degree, everybody kind of has similar experiences, but you know as you become an adult, you start to find out the things that your life didn't necessarily prepare you for growing up. And uh, I was talking with somebody this week at work about how it doesn't matter what you tell your children, they are going to, for good or for ill, they will do what they saw you do. And uh, and it's true. You know, I mean, uh, my dad didn't like his job particularly. He thought it was okay. He couldn't stand the people he worked with because that's just my dad, but he just went to work every day, as long as I could remember, uh, and clear up until Jeremy was born. He worked the same job for over 30 years, and he did not, did not like it particularly. Uh, but he got up and he went every day. He was on call uh, during uh, inclement weather because he worked at the toll road, and so if it was snowing at 3 in the morning, then he had to get up and go to work. It didn't matter how hard it was going to be for him to get there from Baldwin. He had to go to work. And if, uh, you know, if, he, if they got done with whatever they needed to do by 7 o'clock, he still had to be back at work by 8 to work for the day. That was just how it worked. And uh, I never articulately thought about that and thought, well, you know, so if, when you have a job, you just go to work and you just do it. Um, I never thought about it that way. But when I got older, that's what I did. And so, um, you know, and, and I've, I can think of plenty of bad examples uh, of things that people get from their parents that, that their parents didn't teach them on purpose. They didn't sit them down with the, with the little marker board and tell them, you know, this is how this works. You know, this is what you do. But it, they, because they saw it, that's what they do. I can think of examples in my own life of some bad things I picked up from my dad as well. So, so that happens. Uh, but there is this thing where we we begin to learn uh, responsibility as we get older, and uh, you know, and God wants us to be responsible with uh, with everyday life, with mundane life. But because He tells us that if you can't be responsible with everyday things, how are you going to be responsible with spiritual things? So, so, so honestly, doing things right in your everyday life, in in the you know the the things, the mundane. Oh I gotta go to work. oh, I gotta pay this bill. oh, I gotta mow my yard. all that kind of stuff is I mean it's secondary to you know what we would think of as the priestly duties, the prayer and the reading and things like that, but you at the same time it's a necessary thing because if you won't be responsible with those things, then how's good he said how could if if you're not faithful and unrighteous man and how could you be who is going to commit to your trust the true riches so so being responsible is certainly an important thing, uh, and and it's an interesting balance to find as we as we go through life because, you know, all of us have different responsibilities that pull at us that feel like well this isn't really all that important you know uh, in light of the kingdom of God and everything and to some degree yes that's true you know if so and so's house doesn't get painted until next week instead of this week it's not the end of the world you know it's not going to be the end of you know eternity but um uh but you know doing things right is is certainly important and and putting my focus on him helps me to do those things and just get them done uh, so here in Haggai 2 you know you guys are all familiar with this passage and and with the the history of it you know they've come back to rebuild uh Jerusalem and the temple and uh you know, here in, in Matthew six he was talking about, you know, thinking about where am I gonna what am I gonna wear, what am I gonna eat, where am I gonna live and all this stuff. Um and and certainly um you know, in, in our society especially these things are, are particularly painful because we're awful marshmallowy about where where am I gonna live and you know, it's like like this this car doesn't have leather seats, you know, and I mean I saw this video uh somewhere uh that had like all these like kids from third world countries like complaining about like i can't believe i have to unplug my charger and take it upstairs because i don't have another one upstairs and 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 stuff like that and uh uh you know i i discovered this really unbelievably amazing like shave gel stuff called shave butter it's brilliant Um, But Cynthia and I were sharing it, so it would have to be moved from the shower to the sink and back and forth. You know, and and, it's like six feet. And, you know, so so I ordered another one. You know, I was like, this is a real third world or first world problem here. You know, oh, my God. You know. (laughs) So I mean we're pretty marshmallowy about those things, and and the, the nice thing is is God doesn't look down his nose at you about it either. He's like, well this is how you grew up, I understand that, and and I know how to take care of you. Uh, but so here in, hey guy, you know they've they've come back from Babylon, and they're 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 rebuilding. Um, I'm not particularly not quite sure how long they've necessarily been here just yet but he says in verse 2 um, thus speaketh the lord of hosts saying the people say the time has not come the time that the lord's house should be built so this this then is the uh is the tricky little thing about about that sense of responsibility and taking care of things it's like well i don't have time to focus on on the kingdom of God because I, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and, uh, you know, honestly, I, I can, I could kind of sympathize with what they're saying here because if I was, if my house was, uh, in shambles and not really put together, didn't feel secure, didn't seem like, you know, cause he's going to, he talks about your sealed houses. It's like, if you didn't have a roof on your house, that would be somewhat disconcerting. And uh, so I can see where your attention would really get focused down on that. So, so he says, the, the people are saying the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house to lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little you eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earns wages earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. So, it's a precious thing because these are all the things that he's talking about in Matthew six. And um, and I and I think you probably all probably are all familiar with this passage when it comes to hey things are not working so smooth in my life so maybe now it's time to examine these things I, I I personally have had things in my life where where God just clamped down on my finances because I needed to do something different he was trying to get my attention and so so he does that because this is the thing that you find out when you're a grown-up is it always feels like will you earn wages to put it in a bag with holes <laughs> Right, it's like every Friday I sit down with my checkbook. I write the receipt in there from depositing my check, and then I do all the stuff I need to do. And it's usually right where it was before I put my check in. It's like, dang it! But that's life, you know. Um, so, so he's but he's saying here it's like you know there's no satisfaction in the things that you're doing. You're you don't have enough and and when when god is your focus and when his kingdom is the thing that that you're putting first then you can eat and have enough you can drink and and be satisfied you can be clothed and be warm you can earn wages and it just sit there because you're not itching to to spend it on something frivolous um but uh it's interesting how he says consider your ways Set your heart on your ways is what it says in the margin. You know, uh, and this always makes me think of, of Psalm 119. Uh, I, I want to say 7 or 9 or somewhere in there where he says, uh, you know, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So uh, considering our ways is a, is a really great thing because because he wants us to be responsible and he wants us to pay attention to the things we're doing he just wants us to be putting it in the proper perspective. So he says, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I'll take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. So he says, You know, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So he says, Do this stuff that I'm wanting you to do. Work on work on my house. And I and I'll I will take pleasure in it, I'll be glorified. You'll get the things that you need. Or you'll find out you didn't really need them in the first place, and and you won't miss them. Yeah, you know, they uh, like they say you you can't miss something that you never had. And uh, uh, the the interesting thing about chasing after things or chasing after success, finances, whatever it is. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter what level you're at. You never feel like you've arrived. You never feel like, wow, this thing made me happy. Like I thought it would. Um, I think it was probably three or four years ago. I decided I needed to get my debts in order so that I could get a new car. And I was buried because I had been really careless. And, uh, so I made a plan, and I stuck to the plan, and, you know, we all hiked up our, our belts as tight as they would get and just made it happen. And uh, and then right about the time I got everything all handled, bought a car. And, uh, you know, I, I had been looking at cars for a long time. And uh, I'd changed my mind 15 times about what kind of car I wanted to get. And um, then when it came down to it, we bought a car. And I'm happy with it. I love my car. But it doesn't feel like I thought it was going to feel three or four years ago when I set out on this. I really want to get a new car. And, you know, it's like when I have this car, everything is going to be awesome. And then you know when you go shopping for a when you when you're going to move and you're going to buy a house it, it's super exciting it's really fun uh and and there's definitely the sense of pleasure that comes with it but it never feels like ah oh, i have arrived at the palatial this is the house to end all houses kind of thing. And that doesn't happen <laughs> typically and i don't think it happens to anybody honestly but but when you put god First, when you're satisfied with Him, then you're satisfied with your stuff. You know, and that's not to say that you're not thinking, wow, you know, I'd like to do this to the house, or I'd like to, I need to wash my car, you know, but you're thinking that that's okay because that's not the purpose of my life. You know, I I found um, over, you know, the last several months, uh, my job seemed to be just going awesome through no fault of my own and i mean we we did this huge project that was over a quarter of a million dollars and got it and i was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening and you know and it's you know and there was really nothing i could point to that i did it it was it was totally the lord that did it you know and that job is still pending but you know, having that put off, and then uh, we hit this inexplicable slow patch in the busiest time of year for our type of business, and I, and it was just mind-boggling, and that just happens, you know. But and, and I wasn't questioning it like, oh man, what am I doing wrong or or anything like that. But I realized that with this sense of momentum and um. You know, it's it's just kind of human nature to look at somebody who's not as good at something as you are and kind of look down your nose at them. Even if you don't think about it that way, it's just kind of this subtle thing in the back of your mind. And it's a really easy trap in, in Mike and I's line of work because uh, most of our competition is really not very impressive. And so... <laughs> I mean, you know, I show up dressed nice and, like, I have a script and I know what I'm doing, you know, versus, you know, a guy that shows up with a marijuana leaf on his shirt and, you know, you know, uh, a beard that goes down to here. And, and, and he's, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, whatever, you know, hold up, you know. <laughs> so, but I realized that all of this stuff was kind of building together and kind of gave me this sense of I'm better than all these people. I'm more successful than all these people and after having a job for like seventeen years where I looked just like those guys more or less without the marijuana leaf and the beard but you know just I looked like the guy in the and I was the guy in the cruddy white clothes that needed to shave and came home dirty and sweaty at the end of the day and then now I have this job where I, I dress nice and of course who doesn't know that dressing nice makes you feel good about yourself and that's fine but I realized this is interesting, you know, and so I really appreciated, you know, God saying, okay, but what if I turn the faucet off for a little bit, (laughs) you know, and nothing's really happening and everything that you're doing is not really working and you don't know what else to do to make this work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. You know, because um, we didn't even really suffer all that much for it, but that sense of, you need me was, was a really precious thing that I really appreciated. Um, and, it, and it reminded me of, of uh, you know, where our focus needs to be. Because he says, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I'll take pleasure in it and I'll be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much and it came to little. You know, and that certainly describes me. It's like I was thinking about, you know, back in January, I'm thinking, okay, so my income is going to be here. And it's going to be awesome and it's not, and it's like, so I get my paycheck on Friday, it's like, he looked for much, and it gained a little, and you, and when you brought it home, I did blow on it, to the credit card. What? You know, why, says Lord Host, because my house is, is in waste, and you run every man to his own house. So, this isn't to say that that God will fairy dust everything in your life and you'll be driving a Bentley to church next week if you just put your focus on him. What what he's saying is you put me first and I'll take care of you. And 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 he's given us a great example. I mean, I squirm in my seat every time Ron talks about living in his car out in the middle of nowhere. I'm thinking, I don't I don't want that to happen to me, you know. And and but the great thing is is it doesn't have to. Just because he did it doesn't mean you're going to do it. You know? but, but following God and making him your purpose, making him the thing that you put first, makes it okay however that stuff turns out. So he says, uh, Therefore the heaven over you stayed from dew, and the earth has stayed from a fruit. And I called for a drought on the land, and upon the mountains, and the corn, and the new wine, and the oil, and that which the ground brings forth, and upon men, and cattle, and all the labor of your hands. So And he told them uh, in the beginning that uh, if you're not doing the things that I want you to do, then I'll stop the rain. I'll get your attention. And he said, then says, uh, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedech the high priest, and all with all the remnant of the people, and they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God sent him, and all the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, hey, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message to the people, saying, "I am with you," saith the Lord. And I think I find that very arresting. You're reading along, and and it's especially refreshing because as you read through the history of the in the Old Testament, God sends His prophets, and nobody listens. In fact, they reject them and kill them and fight with them. And in this case. Hagai comes and brings this word and the governor and the high priest and all the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord God sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. So they paid attention to the thing that he said. Um, and I don't know that that doesn't mean that they worked on, on God's house and went home and worked on their house uh, for a while, I don't know, but it says that they they hearkened to the words. They obeyed the voice, and and they feared before God. And so then God brings them this other message, and He says, "I'm with you," you know. And of course He was with them anyway, but He's He's reminding them, okay. So you're you're doing this task. Maybe you don't know how to do, or or you can't do, as in building God's kingdom. You you can't do it in and of yourself, and so. Uh, but it says that they obeyed and they feared before God, so they were willing to do what he, was, what he wanted them to do. They were going to put him first, that, and they, they clearly had prioritized him first because then he comes and he says, I'm with you. And the great thing about having God with you is that when you go through life knowing that he's on your team, then whether things go smooth or not, things go smooth. You know they don't feel so smooth to your emotions. You no, know, your your flesh will gripe and complain about things, and and uh, you throw a glass of cold water in your face and tell you to get your get a hold of yourself. You know, um, you know it's it's funny because like I I'm really into like those whole like, you know, suck it up and do it, you you know, be tough kind of thing. Until it comes time to do it. I mean, I live, I, like I read this awesome book by this guy that was a Navy SEAL for thirty seven years and he, he he at one like at the end of his uh career before he retired he was um he was head of all the special forces in the United States and, and uh And he talks about all these really hard things that that he did and the things that they do in SEAL training and stuff like that. And it's like, I love it. I'm like, yes, this is so awesome. You know, of course, I couldn't do a pull-up if he held a gun to my head, you know. And, you know, it's like these guys go for like a five-mile swim in cold water. It's like I couldn't swim to the end of this room. And, you know. So, but we all have those things that are difficult for us. You know, something that's really challenging for me might not be at all for you. I mean, maybe you could do like 500 pull-ups. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, uh, but you know, maybe there's something that's not so bothersome to me that's really bothersome to you. And so, so God knows how to make those things all work together. And He puts us in those places where we have to face those things that are so bothersome to us. And you've heard all my stories about the phone and I still kind of look, if you've ever seen Despicable Me 2, where he's thinking about calling her and asking her out on a date. And he's just kind of like banging his head on the desk, looking at the phone and sweating. And he eventually just torches his entire desk with a flamethrower. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about making phone calls. But I keep all that inside. And I call them. Or they call me and I answer the phones like, Thank you for calling Absolute Painting, this is Greg, how can I help you? And I you know, I'm polite and nice and polished on the phone with them, and I get off the phone, and it's like <laughs> So <sighs> But it's character building to have to face those things you don't want to do. And, you know, Going back to your life, preparing you for things. My life did not at all prepare me for doing anything I didn't want to do. I had this example that you can go to work whether you want to or not. But as far as me actually having to face anything uncomfortable or difficult that I didn't want to do, I didn't. Uh, that was that was what my parents always told me. They're like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. Um, if uh, you know, be what you want when you grow up. Do what you want when you grow up. I mean, which. That's got its pluses and minuses, but um, then I became an adult, and then I had to learn to do hard things that I didn't want to do, and it's a lot harder when the only person making you do it is you. It takes a lot more, uh, and uh, and that's the thing that's so challenging about my job sometimes is because if if I just want to goof around... Uh, nobody's going to say anything to me, except maybe Mike, once he finds out. But, you know, nobody's going to make me do my job. I have to make myself do my job. It's it's not like I just show up, punch the clock, and, and you know, got my boss standing over me. But, um, so doing, you know, doing those things that is uncomfortable, you know, that's, it's nice to know that God's with you in those things, because they, they obeyed the voice of God to work on the house of God. And and God comes to them and and he says, "I'm with you." Which is great because it's such a refreshing story. He didn't have to beat them over the head with it and tell them over and over again, guys, seriously. Build my house and and then then do your thing. Um because uh if you've ever been in charge of people or had children, you know how it feels to tell them something over and over again, and it never gets done. One of my children showed up with this, these shoes on today, and I told him four times to change them before we came. Now you're going to all be checking out my kids' shoes. But um, so I, I just I love how refreshing this is that, that he comes to them, and I mean this is a hard word that Haggai hey brings but it's not that hard. It's not that hard. He's just saying, "Hey, you see how you know, you're you're focusing on I got to take care of, you know, me and mine, but focus on my house. Focus on my kingdom and I'll take care of you and yours and, and all that stuff." And when they begin to do that, he says, "I'm with you." And so they 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 had their stuff handled and they went through difficult things building the temple, building the wall. But he indeed was with them. So I, I had never really seen that connection between those two passages before. It just kind of hit me out of the blue the other day, and I thought it was a really precious thing that God does in, in putting His kingdom first, and and how doing that uh, is, is a is a, is a precious thing, and and it really makes your life work right because. We all, our flesh is all conditioned to think, but if I just leave this up to God to do this thing that I want done, he's probably not going to do it. Or it may not get done when I want it to or whatever. Um, you know, but the thing is, is when you, when you put him first and you make him your purpose, then all of that stuff falls into place. And like I said before, if you don't get the thing that you were hoping for, then you probably didn't need it. And or he knows better. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember being a kid. And when I say kid, I mean like 23, 24. And thinking I, I could never not want to play video games. That's what I grew up doing. It was like this is my thing and this is how I spend my time. This is just it. And I, I couldn't possibly see not not doing this. I, I can't, God couldn't fix this. Is kind of how I, I, without saying that, that's exactly what I thought. And I'll be darned if God didn't. Well, He asked me to do something. He's like get rid of that thing, and so I did. I bought another one a couple of years later, and it wasn't as much fun. I mean, I played, and I goofed around with it for a while, and then it just got boring, you know. And uh, I was, I was talking with somebody the other day about, you know, the kind of games that I liked to play and stuff and I think I really liked those but I can't imagine playing them for more than like 20 minutes now without getting bored Um, and so um, you know I'm not picking on you if you like to play video games I'm just saying that God knows how to change your desires change your wants and you know if you want something that's not so great for you when you put him first he knows how to just kind of sweep that away you know, I mean, it, it's amazing what what love does. You know, because uh, <laughs> I'll close with this. It's already ten thirty. I went to high school with this guy. I worked with him uh, at the job I had in high school, and his parents clearly had not taught him anything about basic hygiene. And and he was a real likable guy. I really, I, I actually hung out with him a little bit outside of work on the weekends, and and uh, I liked working with them and stuff. I didn't want to get too close to him. I didn't like having him sitting next to me in the car. But nonetheless, we went places together. And uh, then he met this girl. And I'll be darned if he didn't start, like, he changed the way he dressed. He smelled good. His hair was fixed. It was like, well, how about that? (laughs) Uh, Sometimes we just need some prioritization in life to like well hygiene was kind of down here before but you know now that uh now that Q-D McPretty is in the scene hygiene is way up here so cuz you know no you know girls don't like pig pen, so anyway Jesus we thank you for your word to us God for your your loving care God and we we just pray that you would put in us uh a heart just like they had, to, to hear the things that you would say. God, that you wouldn't have to tell us again and again and again, but that you would tell us, hey, build, build my house. Focus on me and and put me first and let me handle the details. And God, I just pray that you would do that in us, God, that the, the objections that our flesh would raise, the objections that our emotions would raise. Lord God, I, I pray that you would just help us to bring them to you and lay them at your feet. God, to to truly put you first and that uh, just as you said, you'd be with us and show us what it is that you would have us to do. God, so oftentimes we, we want to do the thing that you would have us do, we just don't know what it is. And God, I, I pray that uh, that we would be those servants uh, who wait on the hand of their master and that you would indeed show us the things that, that we we can do things you would have us to do uh personally you know that you would just lead us in those things god is only you can do god in this place today um god are all kinds of people with all kinds of needs God, know uh, and your ability to meet those needs is not taxed by the amount of them it's not taxed by the uh variety of them god you are that great supply and god today what i pray is that you would meet every need in this place and that uh that we would um, give to you that offering uh, of praise, that sacrifice of praise, God, that, that you are so worthy of. God, we just pray it in your name, God, that in this place you would lead us and that you would do exactly what you want. God, nothing less than that is our goal. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.